Hey, it's Deacon here. I'm hosting a new workshop called Hiring Secrets to help you find the right people who will take your business to the next level. Join me live on April 6th, and I'll show you my biggest secrets and tools to building a high-performance team. Get all the details at deaconbradley.com, click the Hiring Secrets link in the menu, or check today's show notes for all the links you need. Now, let's get back to the podcast. This was a simple mindset shift and a little bit of a habit shift that was going to get the CEO completely out of the day-to-day of this area of the business. Hello and welcome to the Sharp Business Growth Podcast, the show for founders and CEOs who want to get out of the day-to-day weeds and back into growth mode. I'm your host, Deacon Bradley, alongside Justice Marimi. We are back from spring break. There is pollen everywhere here in Austin, so we're going to use that mute button help you help save you from it. How you doing today, Justice? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm excited for this talk because I think we were like, you're two seconds into explaining this story, and I was like, record hit record like hit record yeah. yeah yeah i love yeah. the i love when we get on before we record these and we're just talking like hey, hey how was your week how was your week what did you notice this week that's where we get a lot of these episode topics is from our work with you guys business leaders and so yeah this was a fun one that came up for me just this week and i wanted to share this experience because it's something that i've encountered mo- several times and just to kind of set up the story, it essentially was like this. I'm on a call. It's the the business leader, the CEO, and his sales leader, essentially. So the so and we were on the call to work through rocks, which is uh, we we I'm a huge fan of Gino Wickman's process traction and entrepreneur yes. operating system, so uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. And so in that process, if you're if you're not familiar with it. Every quarter, you go through this process of setting your big rock items. And your big rock items are essentially like, what are the goals? You want to have about two to three per person on the leadership team. And when you go through this process and line everything up and you focus on those things, the result down the road is more focused action on things that are actually going to move the business forward. So that that's kind of the context. And so here's the part that I was just getting to justice. We're on this call and we're setting up sales rocks, right? And we're like, here's how many, I'm I'm just making these up. I don't remember exactly what they were and I wouldn't give them away if I did. (laughs) But (laughs) it's like, all right, you know, here's how many, here's how many new accounts we're going to sign this month. And here's some process related stuff that we're going to do to continue to grow the business. And the part of the conversation that was interesting was it, it was as we're doing this, the the sales guy's like, yeah, okay, this is fantastic. He helped us kind of polish those and, and position them so that they made sense for the business, so that they were could actually be done, things he was excited about, that they, they lined up with everything that he was doing. He's like, yeah, th- this is great. This is great. And that's when the CEO starts asking some questions. He's like, should we have something more detailed here? Should we break this down further? <laughs> yeah. how, like, how do I know that this sales guy is going to be able to do this? Do I need to... like?" let's give him some more baby steps along the way. Like let's fill these things in. And the, this, the, the fun part about this was this part of the conversation happened several times during the call, which is why I say, Hey, this is a mindset shift and it's a habit shift because <laughs> the, 
answer to how you address this is no, you don't break it down further. The This is what I love about the traction process, and there's a lot of similar processes that provide this, this same mechanism, but the process is designed so that justice, let's pretend you're the sales guy and we're like, all right, you know, here's our account, our account rock. I need you to close 40 accounts this month. I'm like handing this to you, justice. You're like, I, I got it. I agree. You know, that's my yeah. quarterly rock. Okay. Aside from checking in each week, I don't really do anything else with that from my seat here as yes. the business leader. Yes. Now in, in your seat, justice, you can do I don't know, cold calls. You can run ads. You can go door to door. I don't really care. Yep. Yep. (laughs) The rock is get the accounts on board. This particular rock. I mean, there's all types of rocks, but that was essentially the conversation. Can I speak to that really quick? Like, I feel like a lot. And the reason I was like, dude, hit this. Like, let's talk about this right now is because I see that there is a lack of empowerment coming from the CEO to the team, but it's not like, hey, this is all the CEO's fault. They There is a level of them handing over responsibility and it coming back to them to the point where they're just like, fine, I'll do it, which makes me go, okay, what would Deacon say in this situation? And a part of me is like, Deacon, do they have the wrong team member or like, what would you, what would you assess coming in if the team member has been given responsibility, but then the CEO is given it right back. Team member is given responsibility and the CEO is giving it right back. Um, I, so I, I often encounter this and it's not, I would never say you have the wrong team member. Yet, hmm. because hmm. what's really interesting is that a lot of this this stuff that business leaders complain about, nobody's following my SOPs, work keeps bouncing back on me, like all of these kinds of things are learned behaviors. Yeah, and so yes, there are some people who they will not fit in a culture where you give them accountability and they thrive on that and take it and run and love the autonomy and the freedom and like will rise to the occasion. A hundred percent. That is not everybody, but mm-hmm. it is unfair to say that you don't, that it is not your team until you give them that and equip them to actually achieve the thing. And then you will start to know after like a quarter or, or so of like good management, whether or not they have what it takes. Okay. I'm going to cut in again because you said a lot there. That's so good. This is the biggest leap that I see they have like from solopreneur to leader. Yeah. Meaning there's there's solopreneurs that have a team but still act like solopreneurs. And yeah. <laughs> in, in you know and in making that step to leader um when you share that I go they resist it. I've seen it when I coach people. I'm sure you've seen it in in when you're consulting with people where training people and empowering them and really training them. When you say the T word train, it's like they like go into this other world where they're just like, just you saying that word is making me tired. SOPs. Why don't you just shoot me? Um, <laughs> what do you say to that CEO? That's like, Oh, 
I know, but dude, uh, you want me to like, what? Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting question. And I think if we had had this conversation a year ago, I would have said something totally different Hmm. because a year ago I was, I was essentially the COO in a business and I had a CEO. And so I was doing all of this stuff that we're talking about here. When I get out, when I left that role as a COO, then I have been coaching and consulting and and helping other CEOs put their operations in place. Right. And what I, early on in that journey, what I would have wanted to say is here's the tool bag that you need. Like, here's how you need to approach this. Like you're doing such and such wrong, blah, blah, blah. And there's still some element of that, but what somebody pointed out to me recently, a, this is a visionary CEO, like textbook person for this. Like they are fantastic at the visionary CEO thing, Yes, which is essentially the total opposite of me. I'm like operations land. Yeah. <laughs> and what they, and we, so we're having a similar conversation, kind of sketching out some roles for, for his business and how those would work together and how he should lead and manage them and how that was going to free him up. And it was really interesting just seeing his face, like come to terms of like, Oh, this is what my life looks like when I have approached this correctly. And a few days later, we, we had been kind of going back and forth about the experience. And he emailed me a few days later with an insight that I thought was really interesting. Mm. And he was essentially telling me, he's, he says, Deacon, I now understand that I am not missing a skill or a tool or a training or a technique. I'm missing somebody to be that leader, that operations leader. Because if what I am essentially asking someone to do when I say, here's your operations tool belt is to change and stop being the visionary CEO and instead put on this, this hat of rigor and organization and things like none of the things that got them to where they are now. It's like (laughs) something totally different. So I guess what I would say to them is if, if they have failed in the past, it is not, it is because of who they are. And I mean that in the nicest way possible because they are the type of people who can start a business from scratch and grow it and their vision. And like, that's incredible. Yes. But this skill set that they're, why they have failed in the past is because somebody else, like an operator type person needed to be doing that, not the CEO. I, I wonder, I've got a million things going through my mind. I can see him just going across the screen right here. It's overwhelming. <laughs> uh, my my old boss said I always looked up and to the right whenever I was like trying to process. Your mind right now looks as blown as when I told you before we started recording that I drink unsweet tea yeah, with dude. nothing added to it. That's how shocked yeah. you look right now. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was shocking. I was like, do I know you? Like, do I even know Deacon? Um, okay. so. I'm coming from, I'm coming to this from a coach's perspective, which is how, what is, this is really good. What is it that you're seeing that's keeping CEOs? What is the limiting mindset or what is the thing that keeps CEOs from just letting go? I think a big part of it is not having somebody to grab the thing that they're letting go of. And so if you are this in this like micromanagement is your style. And I know that's a negative word, but that's essentially how things 
go yes. before you can let go is yes. you're like, well, you know, I give it to these people, but it's not done quite right. So I have to check, recheck, right. look over their shoulder, all that kind of stuff. Right. And the more you do that, the more they like, that's just how, how they do their work. You know, it's mm. not like they're not, it, it's, it's a rare person amongst that team that is, that is like trying to ascend so that you don't have to check their work. They're just like, Oh, I guess this is part of the process. Right. Mm -hmm. And then justice Mm -hmm. comes and fixes everything or whatever, or yeah, yeah, you know, I get through it really fast and then justice cleans it up for me and then it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess the way that I, the way that I think about it is they, without somebody who knows how to do this on their team, Mm -hmm. then it is difficult to let go. So it might be someone that's already on your team that needs to be empowered and just taught how to do this better. Or it might be, Hey, I actually need somebody from the outside to come in. And it's about 50, 50. What I am finding. Um, I'm working with a, a client right now who had a, the wrong person in that seat and it caused a lot of problems. And that person was let go. And within just a, a week or so then, so then they're in crisis mode, right? The, mm-hmm. the number two CEO who keeps everything running is, has exited suddenly like no mm. two weeks, just they exited. Gone. And then, so instead of the business being in turmoil, there was a, a, a more senior member of the team who rose to that challenge and was like picking wow. things up, starting to organize wow. things. And it's become very clear in a short time that she has this skill set to be this person I don't know if she's fully trained for it, but what I'm helping the CEO with is, hey, that's that's your operator there. Let's put them in the right seat. Now let's equip them. Let's point them with the right things. Like let's support them. But he, the CEO shouldn't be stepping in and going back into micromanagement mode. He was really lucky in this case that that person was already in the organization. I also see it where the person is not in the organization. <laughs> and you have to go... <laughs> You need to go find them, whether they're junior, senior, you know, whatever that is, that's kind of a, a business decision. But I've found it's, it's almost like 50, 50, whether somebody like that lives there and is just given the opportunity and is, uh, equipped to rise to the challenge. Let me, let me, let me bring you back. When do you know that they're in the, when do you know that they're there? Well, first of all, this kind of goes back to our, our one-on-ones episode you should recognize it in your one-on-ones and just the work that they do. One of the things that I often do in one-on-ones is, you know, if we, if we were doing one-on-ones justice, I would not all of these questions every week, but over time I would want to discover, Hey, you know, what's the, what's, what's the work that you're putting off the most? Cause it's annoying. What's the work mm. that you'd like to be doing more of, but something's in your way. What's mm. wrong that we could be doing better. That would make your life easier. And yes. Those types of questions, like you get to know your team and it's, you'll, you will start to notice like, oh, this person actually is like really organized They're They'd yes. like to fix these things and whatnot. So th- one-on-ones, I think one of the most important things you can do as a leader is actually know who's on your team. And that I see mm. neglected way too often. It's like we hire people, we gave them the job description and we're like, figure it out. Yeah. Like that you just. You just do the one job I gave you and I don't want to know about anything else. Yes. It's um, okay. I've been, 
as you've been sharing this, I've been kind of like thinking on the the side of the CEO of okay, the person's not here. I've got to go find them. And for a lot of them, that's there's a lot of fear of missing it and bringing somebody in that's just not a fit. Um, not necessarily on the cultural side. I feel like a lot of people are aware if someone's not a cultural fit. Um, but once they are a cultural fit, it's kind of like disguised whether or not they're going to be able to do it well. And I feel like you can see the uniqueness in people that where they are a good fit, you fill different roles. I've worked alongside you and seen you like notice when somebody's really good for a role and why. So what did you do when you were in the hiring seat to go? Yep. It's not just a culture thing. We're past that now. Yeah. I think you'll actually excel at doing this job. The last episode that I recorded episode 21 was about skills and talents. And what we're talking about here is 100% talents. And what Mm -hmm. I'm talking about noticing in the one-on-ones or what in this last story I told, what we're noticing in a team member who's stepping up is to use that specific example, this team member has the talent of organization and rigor, and she knows how to train people. She knows how to say, hey, you are actually you have finished your training. You are okay to go out on your own. This person over here has not finished her training. Here's where they need help. That was a talent of hers. She liked training. She could do it. That was really important in this particular business. And so what it comes down to for me is, is talents, not skills. So what I wouldn't do is go, I think a mistake that some people make is go find somebody who's worn the operations hat before, like go find a COO, especially from like a bigger company is where it's usually a bigger mistake. Like, Oh, justice, you were Mm. COO at this bigger company. Like I'm going to bring you in and you'll magically fix all my stuff. Um, I don't have assumptions. I'm in the rare minority here, but I often don't care very much about what jobs you've done in the past until the very Mm. end of the hiring process. Uh, but I care deeply about your talents. And so for me, this always starts with, and there's a a client I'm working with just this week. This was kind of like conversations ongoing over a a few of our sessions over the course of a few weeks. And Mm -hmm. at the beginning of this, he's, he's calling me up. He's like, Deacon, I need an operations person that I can handle this stuff to. I'm like, all right, I know exactly how to help you solve this problem. We get on a call. We did, we did two sessions getting more clarity on that. And where we got to at the end of that was he didn't need an operations person. He needed a growth marketer. Uh, And it it was like, once we started clarifying, here's how the business makes money. Here's where it's going. Here's the important roles that need to be done next. And like, here's like, here's what this person would actually be doing. It was like, Oh, what he was originally looking for was I would call them a project manager because it was he his mindset was I have so much stuff on my plate. I have so many projects. I can't mm. keep track of what's going on. So mm. I'll just bring in somebody to manage all of my crap. Yeah. And so through this conversation of like who do I bring on? It was more about first where's where's the business going and like what hole needs to be filled. 
But then second, mm. it was, okay, the person who would fill that hole, what are their talents? And that the, the person, when we went through their talents, it happened to be, oh, I would most closely call that person a growth marketer. Okay. Let me, let me, let me say something to this right now. He would have hired, he would have gone out without you if you weren't there and gotten a COO that's, or operations manager, that person would have come in, had expectations, which are not in their skill set, not in their zone of genius. Yep. They would have tried their hardest for six months. And then both people would be frustrated with each other. Yes. And someone would quit or get fired. Yes. You would absolutely not get what you wanted. In fact, we were joking on the call because this was kind of one of those light bulb moments where I'm, where we're realized I'm explaining if you had brought in a project manager or an operations manager, they would have just operated all of this stuff here. That's not working. Right. Yes. They would have yes. any idea that you had as the visionary CEO, that project manager would have taken and project managed it. Yes. Whether or not that should have happened. <laughs> Or whether or not it was the right thing to do. Yes. Okay. So tell me, okay. I feel like people are going to listen to this and be like, oh my gosh. I just, they're going to think of like one or two people on their team and they're like, oh boy, Lisa was, I did this to Lisa. And I, and then, you know, I did this to Brian too. Yeah, it's maybe oh, happened to me a couple of no. times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You learn a lot from experience. Um, if someone's in the middle of this, meaning they're listening to this right now and they're going, oh, crap, I freaking got one or two people on my team that I definitely hired for a role that I didn't need and I didn't know. And like, what do I do now? Oh, man, this is this. So I, I know exactly what to do, but I, I want to warn you, this is not easy and it is not fast. And it is not, it's not a quick fix kind of thing. And it takes, they just if, you, if you're a visionary CEO, <laughs> I am going to exercise all of your vision right here. This wow. is from the book. Good to great. Uh, this is a playbook that we followed to grow, grow our agency, which did very well. And, and we followed this to a T and I cannot express how true this is. First, get the right people on the bus. That's what, yeah. that's essentially what we're talking about. And in, in this scenario that you just gave justice, the CEO sitting there going, okay, these people are on my bus. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have, maybe they weren't, maybe they were given the wrong role. They're on your bus yes. now. All right. So if they fit the culture, if they're talented people and you want to keep working with them, they're on the bus. Step two, yes. then decide where to drive the bus. Mm. And that's the part that takes a lot of vision and a lot of faith because you might hmm. say, oh, I'm not actually an ads agency. I should be building landing pages or, oh, hmm. I should be doing this other thing. But if you have the talent, yeah. then it's you. the hardest thing to get is talent. Keep them on the bus. Just you know, alter the destination. And, and that's where visionaries are really gifted and really strong. They are. Is just, you know, and, and I always like to look at it at like puzzle pieces. Like I have all of these, or maybe it's more like a, like athletes. Hey, justice. I have collected, uh, some really huge physically gifted dudes. Uh, and I've also collected this guy who can throw really well and a handful of really fast people. Like what sport do you think I should play basketball? <laughs> like, ah, no, let's field a football team. These guys look like they could pull it yeah, off. <laughs> that's a great analogy. That's a great analogy. 
Do you, okay. I almost want to give the people that are listening to this a break because I feel like you're giving like so much value right now. It's like, okay. Like some of them are having this wake up place where they're literally going, Brian was never supposed to be hired. And they're looking over at Lisa and going, I have not empowered her enough. And she's been showing me without saying it, that she's like the perfect person for the role that I actually need. And so you're like, here's okay. Re re envision the team and re and, and cast a new vision or at least own a new vision and see your team differently and hold on to talent unless you know for sure that there's no place for them on the bus. And like, so their mind is spinning right now, Deacon. Um, give them some, give them the pill that lets them like yeah, the anxiety, the anxiety pill into something yeah. you can actually do without totally <laughs> yes, rebuilding your business from the ground up, which is why yeah. I hesitated to share that last thing. Cause it's so true, but it's not, <laughs> I'm thinking of all the visionaries and they're like, okay, guys, we're no longer a shoe company. Oh my we gosh. Now we just upset so many visionaries teams bowls. with that advice. <laughs> yes. They're all going to be like, thanks guys. Now another yeah. new plan. <laughs> Here's what I would do. Justice. Uh, I wouldn't short term. I wouldn't change the vision. I'd, I'd, make sure I was really clear on it and I would make sure I'd gather around me who are my essentially like my senior team. They don't have to be formally exec, like formal executives. They don't have to be managers. It's just like, yeah. who are my go-to, like who are the people I rely on? And I, yes. I don't want it to be every single person because I don't want too many cooks, but it's like, who do I trust? Who's a part of this thing? Who knows what's going on? Like, let's meet with them. And mm-hmm. in that meeting, we're essentially going to do like a mini traction process. Mm. So step one, Hey, here's our vision guys. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page and we all know what it is that we're trying to build here. Uh, this is you as the leader. I love how Donald Miller describes this. You stand up and you point to the horizon. Like that is your yeah. job as the leader. So that's like yes. part one of that meeting. The next part of that meeting is, uh, Hey, you know, I brought each of you guys here because you represent these different areas of the company. So as you're looking at your senior leadership, like make sure you are representing like who's fulfilling stuff, who's selling stuff. Like you have a little like microcosm of how the business works in that meeting. And then you have pointed to the horizon, you've set the destination. And the next step I would kick to your team say, what, what do you guys, what needs to happen over the next year in your Mm. area to get there. And then, you know, break those down further. What, okay. We've got these things. We kind of agree on them. What do we need to do over the next three months? And what you end with here is each of those people will have created kind of their own rocks that everybody agrees on. And this is something you can do. in I don't know, probably depending on how complex or how many times you've done it before, I'd say two hours to like a full day sometimes, but um, yeah, but that's what I would do because that gets us right where we started this this call, Justice, which is your sales team now has this rock. Your job as the CEO, you have just done a humongous chunk of your job. You've given them the vision. You've led them to discover what comes next. Now, CEO, sit down and your next job is to, only thing is to just make sure that they are have whatever they need to do it. What I did not say there was your next job CEO is to (laughs) help them figure out how, 
Yeah. And yeah. so if you have done this process, your this is your team's turn to demonstrate that they know how to do their job. I love it. And yeah, I guess we'll we'll see <laughs> over the next three yeah. months uh, how equipped your team is. But um, a lot of this over the next few months is reflection back. Like, tell me your plan. Like, if tell me your plan. Like, you're not judging, but you are essentially have now turned into a coach and a counselor. You'll help yeah. them discover and clarify the plan, but you do not create the how. That's their job. If they need training, if they need to go to a conference, if they need a connection in your network of someone who knows how to do it, fantastic. You're the CEO. Make those connections and equip them. But just don't do the how is the big lesson here that we're circling back to. I love it. How do we wrap this up? Because I think, I feel like at this point they're like, golly, dude, I'm ready. Wasn't that the wrap up? I have to wrap up the wrap up. Dude, you got to wrap up the wrap up. (laughs) Did we just wrap up already? Let's boil this down to the steps again. (laughs) CEO, gather the right people around you, stand up, point to the horizon and ask them, each person in there, what needs to happen in your team to get there? Those are your steps. Write them down, document them, hold them accountable, and let them figure out the how. How's that for a wrap-up, Justice? Dude, we just <laughs> we just saved some CEOs from so much time and so much money. That's a great wrap-up. Thanks for joining us today on the Sharp Business Growth Podcast. If you're a founder and you're a CEO, you're listening to this and you have a team of three to 30 people roughly, and you want to get yourself out of the day-to-day weeds, you're listening to this going, gosh, I need to do that too, but I could use some support. You want to get your business back into growth mode so that you can do your CEO vision thing. I can help you with that. Head over to sharpbusinessgrowth.com. Click on let's talk. I've got a special video for you about how I do this. And Uh, I want you to see that. We'll set up a time to chat. I'm on a mission to help business leaders bring their vision to life. And the way that I actually do that is by freeing you from the day-to-day operations so that you can build your vision and grow it and actually get back to that fun stuff. So if this sounds like you, I'd love to talk to you. Head over to sharpbusinessgrowth.com. Click Let's Talk. Drop me your info. I'll see you next week.